you know, I kept telling my clients and people that would listen at the beginning of this that behaviors are going to change. The question remains, which ones are going to be sticky? And I think this whole working via video, working from home, um, hybrid, if you will, style of operations is going to be sticky. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing that as part of the great resignation. I heard a statistic this morning, um, only 15% of employees, or I should say 15% of applicants looking for jobs are okay with a in the office five days a week right model 15 percent well from the article we studied i mean said this will change the workforce for good mm-hmm. so that's definitely something that's going to stick i mean mo- a lot of people are saying well i can do my you know i can be productive basically from the comfort of my own home I don't have to work eight hours a day to get this done. I don't have mm-hmm. to clock in, clock out, and I can do the same workload and be more efficient and happier. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Hello and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I am your co-host, Zach Levy, joined as always by the amazing Andy McDowell. Oh, now you're going a little too far. <laughs> yes, I am Andy McTow. I don't know about amazing. <laughs> I just like the alliteration. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. We we know what spirit you're being filled with today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, welcome to um, the Generate Your Value podcast. Glad you could join us today. Um, I thought we, Zach, we would um, sort of continue on our theme of the last three episodes dealing with culture, pandemic, environment, you know, in life and in business. And have you and I just sort of banter back and forth our thoughts about, if you will, what has the pandemic taught us? Or what, if, if like we said before, life is a speedboat and we're in mm-hmm. our speedboat and pandemic came along, what, what, what are we doing? Do we... Uh, are we on course and just weathered the storm, but yet we're heading in the same direction, or did we change in some way as a world, as a society, as a nation, as business? What do you think? What what first comes to mind when I make that statement to you? 
I mean, from a business perspective, the thing that, you know, hits closest to home with me is, as we've talked about it before, is being able to call an audible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean completely changing course, but getting to the same destination in a different manner, right? I mean, COVID Different came, path. Right. Your destination hasn't changed, but if you're like in a sailboat, you have an attack right a little bit because the winds changed. Right. Exactly. Or, so you're attacking a little bit different, but you're on the same spot. Or the way I was thinking about it is COVID's this wave coming from, you know, our starboard side. We've got to turn into the wave to mm-hmm. make sure that we don't flip. Right. 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 And, you know, there's there's been businesses that have tried to turn away from the wave. That doesn't typically go well. Mm-hmm. Right. There's been businesses tried to stay course and said, no, this is the way we've always done things. And they just stayed in their lane and, you know, now water, they're water, water came over the starboard side. And right. Pushed it around. If um, not sink it. But from from my personal experience in business, it has been be able to still get to the destination. Our de- you know, our our why, our destination, none of that's changed. Mm-hmm. But we had to turn into the wave and take it head on, which for us, it was for a very long time, you know, the, you know, you and I are both in the people business, right? Right. It was meeting with people kneecap to kneecap. That was just the golden rule is you don't do things virtually. You don't, you know, we do kneecap to kneecap to build a relationship and make well, it more, more of a traditional way of doing it. And by traditional, I mean, we've been doing it for years. Right. And if it's not so, broke. Don't fix it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, pandemic happens. There's a lot of fear out there around the unknowns of, you know, COVID-19, everything. And so we said, okay, we, we've got to maintain, you know, our destination, but here's this wave coming in. How do we pivot? Right. And for us, it was being able to turn and go virtual mm-hmm. and being able to apply the same principles, but not just be so staunch on tradition. And this is the way we do it. And there are going to be some businesses out there that had to make a, a right-hand turn to go into the wave. Right. But through that process, they looked around and went, oh, this isn't too bad. Maybe there's something here. No, that was exactly right? what happened and, they, and And, and um, the, their port of call that they're heading for changes because they, um, hopefully not losing their why. Right. But... Staying on the why, but changing direction enough that you're now going to a different port that yeah. looks more attractive yeah. than what the original port was, so to speak. I mean, that's that's exactly the experience as we went, wait, I don't have to spend hours of drive time meeting with people mm-hmm. or ask them to come to my office or anything like that. I don't have to worry about being in just this one little tiny geographic area in all relativity. So. Yeah. So you can actually squeeze more, um, visits with your customers in a day. Right. Um, from that standpoint, I think, uh, 
my initial response to this, you know, answering the question mm-hmm. is, you know, I kept telling my clients and people that would listen at the beginning of this that behaviors are going to change. The question remains, which ones are going to be sticky? And I think this whole working via video, working from home, um, hybrid, if you will, style of operations is going to be sticky. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing that as part of the great resignation. I heard a statistic this morning, um, only 15% of employees, or I should say 15% of applicants looking for jobs are okay with a in the office five days a week right model 15 percent well from the article we studied i mean said this will change the workforce for good Mm -hmm. so that's definitely something that's going to stick i mean a lot of people are saying well i can do my you know i can be productive basically from the comfort of my own home I don't have to work eight hours a day to get this done. I don't have mm-hmm. to clock in, clock out, and I can do the same workload and be more efficient and happier. Yeah, and I got asked a question on an interview on another podcast recently about um, my thoughts about what's going to change. And I talked about this hybrid model. I said, from a leadership perspective, what's going to need to change is companies and leaders are going to have to be more results-based leadership style Mm -hmm. in other words what's missing is the water cooler talks the lunches in the lunchroom the being in person in the meetings where you know a leader has eyeballs on their people majority of the day so you can discern from what you're visual visually seeing what kinds of activities they're doing are they spending time on the job are they you know a gut check of are they getting the job done right now, with them working from home, you lose all that. You don't have those visuals. The only visuals you have is if you happen to have meetings scheduled and they show up on the Zoom screen. So that means you have to be very um, intentional and specific about setting goals for your team, setting goals for each individual, and at much heavier emphasis or weight on their performance grade at the end of the year is results driven. Right. How did you meet your goals? Cause I can't, can't visualize what you're doing. You know, maybe you only put six hours in the day, but if you got your stuff done, you got your stuff done. You know, so trust has to go up mm-hmm. more intentional work and goal setting. And then a, a weekly, bi-weekly monthly check-in on where are you, you know, most companies do it like halfway through the year and at the end of the year. It's the only right. time goals ever get discussed. Well, that's going to have to be much more of a got to be more consistent points. basis. You know, once a week or once every other week or something, because I can't see you all the time. So right. we're going to have to have these conversations. I'm going to have to see some results coming in from you towards your goals. That's the only way I can grade you at this grade your performance at this point is mm-hmm. is through results because I. I don't have an eyeball on you all the time like I used to. Some companies um, naturally had to do that anyway because their workforce under one leader is spread around the world, right? Mm-hmm. 
if you've got a global company and you've got a team of experts or something and they're spread around the world and you're working through time zones and video calls already, it's it's the status quo. But for the right. majority of the people, it's not that way. What else? I mean, on that note, just to kind of piggyback that a little bit is, I mean, again, personal experience here is if you're not seeing people physically every single day, even if it is on Zoom, there's still not quite as much of the human connection there, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we've experienced that plenty, right? But with that, having more touch points, having more effective communication of recognition of getting results done, but also more effective communication of expectations. Yes. That's right in line with what I was saying, to be more intentional about goals and expectations. And you may still want to, even if you classify these employees being able to work from home all the time, Mm -hmm. you may want to have one day or two days a month where they still come in for that conversation Mm -hmm. about where you at. Yeah. To have that human connection by being in the same room instead of doing it via Zoom call. Right. Where you you don't pick up on cues, you know, in the conversation or whatever because you're not physically in the same room. Mm -hmm. Here's another statistic I heard this morning. There was a a pizza business that was offering a $500 bonus to an employee signing on. $500 bonus to come work for a pizza restaurant. Now, was this in any capacity or... They 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 didn't really delineate whether it's a delivery driver or a table server or what it was, but just knowing the, the price point of a pizza and right. the thin margins that restaurants typically have that the, the labor shortage has gotten to a point where they're offering a $500 signing on bonus. <laughs> it's mind blowing. I mean, going back to what we talked to with the Great Resignation is it's forcing positions to be held at higher value. Mm-hmm. If they're going to want to fill, quote unquote, entry level positions, right, that have formerly been lower paying, things like that, people are going, you know, I'm, I'm worth more than that. I can go find something else I'm passionate about that, you know, is not going to kill me day in, day out. And I think a lot of lessons learned there is the employee, I think this has been a wake-up call. The employee is not just a number or a cog in the machine anymore, right? Especially like if we're using the restaurant industry, for example. Mm -hmm. Having worked in that world for many years, you know, oh, somebody quits, we can just replace them. We can just replace them. Right, they're not happy. They can leave. We can just replace them. Mm-hmm. Not really the case as much anymore. 
those that are willing to work in that environment and sometimes for not the best pay should be paid more. They're going to have to be, otherwise they're going to leave. Yes, what I think is happening is um, leverage. Leverage is moving away from business to employees. Mm -hmm. That pendulum you always talk about. pendulum swing. And the reason that is happening was because we had an event that was global, mm-hmm. right? So previous to that, if there was a, a large group of employees that were disgruntled or not happy, it was limited to a specific company, a specific region, something on a much smaller scale. And so that could be absorbed by everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had to have some kind of supply of something, you could get it somewhere else in the country and get it shipped to you. Not a big deal. But by the global nature of the pandemic, and this mass of people that are unhappy, Mm -hmm. you know, pandemic has forced them to look at certain things in their life and they're making decisions. And that's happening on a national or global level is now forcing it to be moved from business to employees. Mm-hmm. And now they have that leverage. Question remains how long they can hold on to that leverage. Right. But I think that's something that the pandemic has forced. Another thing that I think is 2022 is going to be a reboot of 2020. In other words, Mm. 2021 is a transformational year and people are going to get back to what they had hoped 2020 would be. Those same hopes are now being transferred over to 2022. What exactly do you mean by that? So um, personal goals, business goals. 2020 was like hitting the giant pause button. Right, in terms of people's lives, yeah. in terms of what goals yeah. a business has had. And 2020 was a big pause button on that. People had to regroup just to sort of survive and just exist, so to speak. And 2021 is sort of a a slow movement to hit that pause button again and get off a of pause. Mm-hmm. And 2022 is going to be, all right, let's get back to where we were before the pandemic. Sometime in the year. It may not happen January 1, but some, that that sense or that energy or that mentality is going to happen in 2022. I saw, um, I didn't get to see it when it was broadcast, but I watched it on YouTube this morning, the 60 Minutes segment on Sunday about the whole supply chain problem. Very eye-opening. I I, I posted on Mm -hmm. Facebook this morning if you want to watch it. Um, it, Originally, a lot of finger pointing at the the whole trucking system. Mm -hmm. But this one highlights it's it's the ports, it's the trucks, it's the trains, and the end businesses, the, the 
the people that are receiving these goods from China and the rest of the world are getting gouged right. like crazy right now because the supply chain is screwed up. Um, and they're now going to make the, the business users pay or, or the business owners pay out the rear end because right. of their issues. So they highlighted one business owner in Chicago that imports toys, books, those type things from China. And he's got products sitting in containers in L.A. that are at the bottom of the pile. Mm -hmm. And the port's unwilling to maneuver all these containers around to get to his container. No, we're not willing to do that. Oh, by the way, we're going to charge you fines or storage fees because your container is, continues to sit in our port. As though it's his fault. He said he paid a million dollars in storage fees in just one month. Jeez. And, and his business, is, I bet you 50% of his business is the holiday season. Yeah. So he may not get his product in time. And he's having to pay storage fees because of a supply chain that can't get it to him. It's it's nuts. It, it makes me wonder. Um, people keep saying it's a demand problem. There's a lot more demand. I, I'm I'm a believer that demand is was normal, but the demand wanted it all came at once. In other words. Yeah. There was a big, massive switch. The actual total demand is not any different than what it was pre-pandemic, but everybody wanted to get the levels, pre-pandemic levels, back right away. And the system is not flexible enough. You know, there's no ability for the port, the port to expand its property. Mm-hmm. To get more containers off ships and still um, process the ships at the rate that it was before. There's no ability to get a whole bunch of more truck drivers or trains to get it where it needs to be to meet the demand everywhere that appeared at once. So the to total demand is the same. It's just that everybody wanted it at the same time. Instead of what is typically happens where it's sort of spaced out through the year and the system can handle that. So there was no, if you will, train managers, truck managers, port managers all getting together in the same room during the height of the pandemic and going, okay, what do we need to do when this thing turns back on? Right. How can we work together to make that happen? It's like everybody for themselves, and now you got this big pile of chaos that's going on right now. I think we just need to sick a bunch of industrial engineers on the problem. And, you know, the president has, has created a task force to look at it and try and figure it out. But um, I don't think it's going to happen in time to save the holidays. Have you been to a grocery store lately? Yeah. Have you seen the holes? Oh, most definitely. 
Now, thankfully, we eat mostly specialty foods that are in super high demand. <laughs> but This time of year, I'm a big soup eater, and I like to put saltines in my soup. I can't find saltines anywhere. Something that used to be, I mean, Great Depression food that people used to have just super stocked. Hey, I don't think people were hoarding it. It's a supply no. chain issue. Yeah. And so from your standpoint, I mean, what, what can businesses learn from that right there? Well, it sort of goes back to your opening statement about flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. It sort of reminds me when IT started coming on strong, you know, the whole personal computers and the networks and whatever. We had more systems that had to be talking to each other to mm -hmm. achieve certain things, and then it breaks down, and you get you get you get this. People can't see it, but the finger pointing that's pointing at each other, and that's right. what's happening right now with our supply chain. Is they're the problem? No, they're the problem. They're doing this. Well, we're, they're doing that, mm -hmm. right? And there's no cooperation or pre-planning or emergency planning or anything of that nature to try and deal with it. So, and on this note from it to switch gears, kind of, um, another big thing businesses are having to deal with, especially businesses that deal in tangible goods, mm -hmm. manufacturing, things like that. Of course, I think for a lot of us that watch it, it's it's obvious, but the hyperinflation that we've seen due to yep. a number of factors, yep, right? Um, supply chain issue definitely has something to do with that. Well, it's, right? look, look at the storage costs right. that now have to be passed on to the customer. Right. I mean, it's basic economics. If the cost for the business goes up, you know, they can only cut so much profit to remain in business. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's going to be passed on to the consumer. Then you've got through from the pandemic and it was a gap filler. Yes. But the stimulus checks and the stimulus bills and everything, the amount of money that was printed and every to pump into the economy. Mm -hmm. I mean, 40% of the money in circul in circulation right now has been printed during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Businesses are having to deal with, you know, hyperinflation due to, well, they've got to the cover their costs. The value of the dollar's gone down. Yeah. Not only do they have to cover their costs, the value of the dollar's gone down significantly. Mm -hmm. Then we get to the, and not to get into the cause and effect behind this, because that can get a little hairy with that conversation, but the hyperinflated cost of any type of fuel, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it be gasoline, diesel, propane, etc. That's only going to continue to impact businesses. Because now the cost per mile to transport something is, even if it can get there, the logistics companies have to charge more. Right. Well, that's why everybody watches that industry because everybody uses the product right you know whether it's um aviation the airline industry or transportation of goods or shipping or whatever everybody uses 
some form of a fossil fuel. Mm-hmm. So any, anytime you have supply versus demand issues in that particular industry, it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. And then it ultimately affects the end, end consumer. It's, that's why it's watched very closely from that perspective. So, and I think that for, for businesses, it's got to realize people are going to have to have some level of keeping up with the increase. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, most, I've never seen, you know, corporate America give 3% per year raises. <laughs> right? Um especially, you know, publicly traded things like that, they they always want to increase profitability so their per share value goes up, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, that's business. That's not necessarily a dogging point, but the the employee has for years and years and years fallen so far behind being in the same position because the same positions have been paid the same rate for decades. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, I mean... Well, there's a pay band... Typically, there's a pay band for the position, and you right. slowly migrate your way up that band. Right. And then when you hit the top of it, you're done. Right. So, and I think people are realizing we're going to see more and more people, unless corporations and business is able to do something about it, going to more 1099 contract gig workers. Yes. Um. I need to look up the statistic, but it was something over the next decade that something like 60% of workers will be 1099 or gig workers. Um, Another thing along those lines is companies may take part of their processes and outsource them to a smaller organization that has lower cost structures. Or overseas. Or overseas or whatever. But the technology that's been built that becomes more and more viable that mm-hmm. ultimately you may see a uh, a company, the only things that they do internally within themselves are those that are strategically important that they want to maintain control and, and protect. Yeah. Everything else that's more administrative or uh, there's no strategic importance to hold on to it is potentially outsourced to some other entity. And that, and that part of the process may be right in the middle of the entire process to get a product out the door. Mm-hmm. You're, you're also seeing, um, I've heard some comments about companies moving production closer to their customer base. Right. So that these supply chain Issues aren't as impactful in their business, right? So is, does that mean you're you're going to move a a plant to a place whose labor base is more expensive? Mm. You know, originally you moved it overseas because you had smaller labor base in terms of cost to produce the product. But it does you no good if that product gets built and it sits on a ship off the coast of California for six months. Right. Because there's huge costs in that. 
And those costs start outweighing the possibility of moving production back mm-hmm. onshore, so to speak, and closer to the consumer, where those huge supply chain costs are no longer an issue for you. Right. That's a huge impact. It's a huge uh, math problem to figure out, too. <laughs> Let's change, change the subject. What about your own personal life? What do you think the pandemic has made you look at, make any changes? Any impact can be short-term yeah. or long-term. I mean, a, a big one is, and I, th- I think from a lot of people I've talked to, is putting the emphasis back on relationships. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, we had a period during the pandemic. Now this depends on where you live, things like that. But for a lot of people, there was a period during the pandemic where you didn't get to see family. You didn't get to see loved ones, maybe over FaceTime or a zoom screen, but that's not, again, that's not the same. We just talked about that. Mm -hmm. And like really having a realization for me, remembering that everything that we do, whether it's business or not, it's all based in relationships. Right? Good, good point. And I feel like, you know, before this has really forced people, I think 2020 forced people to downshift, if you will, mm-hmm. slow down a bit. And if you will, smell the roses, right? To realize that we were just so go, 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 go. And focused on, you know, we've talked about this, focused on the do. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. And then this all happens and we go, you know, we're working, a lot of people working virtually, right? They've got more freedom at home. They're around their kids. They're around their wives. They, They have that relationship again. And they go, wait, this is what it's really all about, right? Everything else should be based on that why and around that rather than just a dollar sign or doing. Yeah, so it had some reprioritization about things in life, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the, the, the whole reasoning that we talked about last week on the Great Resignation. Lots of introspection. Lots of evaluation. How's my life going so far? What changes do I want to make that are going to be sticky? Right. But I want to keep moving forward with. And to your point, I think that a lot of people have taken relationships in their list, moved it up. It went, it went, it went higher in the polls. Right. To use a sports term. <laughs> For me, you know, as you know, I started my business five months before the pandemic. So right. very difficult start. You know, that, that was obviously the biggest impact on on my life was how do I keep things going, uh, uh, pivoting to more marketing items as opposed to sales and finding clients. It's how, to, how do I get social media and marketing and all those type things. 
going so that when the pandemic does slow down, the market realizes I'm here and then I can start back in earnest and finding customers. Right. Um, but I also have to agree with you on the relationship side. I mean, for me to sit here and have my parents 45 minutes away in assisted living place and not be able to visit with them, see them. I couldn't, they live on the first floor. I, I couldn't even get on the property to go stare at them through a window and make sure yeah. they're okay. Everything was via phone for about four or five months. That was really tough. Yeah. Well, have we, um, have we, um, hit the dog on the rear end enough times on this? I mean, I think, you know, just the big picture is this unprecedentedness that we've experienced has, has forced a lot of change. And if you're not, and if you haven't changed, if you haven't changed the direction of that speedboat, whether it be business or life, you're kind of, you'd be stuck, right? And so... Well, it's an opportunity that, you know, in that be-do-have model that we've talked about, it's an opportunity to, like you said, get off the do and mm -hmm. sit in the B for a while, see if there's any changes that need to happen in the B, reprioritization, re as we stated before. Right. Well, let's um, wrap up the episode. Um, we very much appreciate you coming and uh, having a listen. I'm sure um, you as a listener has your own opinions or your own ideas as to how the pandemic has um, changed your life or changed your business or changed your community or the world around you. Um, we would love to hear that on our social media. Feel free to leave a comment about how the pandemic has changed or affected your sphere, if you will, um, in your life. We hope you'll uh, join us next Tuesday for, for our next episode. We greatly appreciate you taking your time out of your day to uh, spend with Zach and I's journey here on the podcast. And um, as always, if you do hear something that triggers, you know, maybe it could help somebody else. Give us a share, help us spread the value that we generate. Absolutely. That's, that's our why here. Generate value in people's lives around the world. So you hope, hope you'll hop on board our train and come take a journey with us. With that being said, we hope you have a great day today. Have a great week. Um, here in the United States, we're coming up on Thanksgiving week. So lots of pumpkins orange and red and um but most importantly a time to be with family and reflect right. i'm sure there'll be a lot of reflection next week on the pandemic and hopefully not too many arguments around the thanksgiving table well <laughs> for some folks it's the first time to get gather back right gather back as a as a family or as a community for for thanksgiving and um i, I know that's going to be a special time um this past weekend, we celebrated my parents' 60th wedding anniversary. My brother flew in for it. It's the first time he's been around family in two years. Mm -hmm. You know, he works it's in the huge. hospital in New Mexico, and 
because of the pandemic and so forth, we had concerns about him being around my parents, uh, who are very elderly and so forth. So it was great to see him physically for the first time in two years this weekend. That's awesome. So have, like I said before, have a great day, have a great week, and we will see you next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.